Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right, here we are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 69. Very nice. Very nice, yeah. (laughs) And, um... (laughs) We got some Canucks stuff to talk about, and I want to touch on the fallout from the trade deadline, i.e. the Evgeny Dadunov saga. (laughs) Um, But let's talk Canucks. Yeah, so again, Canucks have been a very up-and-down team of late. Like, I think we last talked at the end of that homestand, and we're kind of thinking, okay, things are probably done for this team, and, you know, they, they didn't play well in general on that homestand. Um, and then they kick off their road trip and they beat Colorado and they take Minnesota to overtime and they look like a really good hockey team and things seem to be going well for them. Um, again, the only downside is that it seems like, at least right now in the West, to me it almost feels like no one really wants that last wild card spot or like the third Pacific spot even and... I mean, we can touch on that with the rest of the league stuff, but, you know, Winnipeg, for example, they looked like they were playing really well, and then they lost to, is it Chicago that they lost to, or was Montreal? I don't know, they lost to, like, a, a bottom-of-the-league team that you'd think, with the games meaning so much to them, they'd, they'd win that game, they'd show up for it. And, I mean, you can use basically any team <laughs> in this battle right now and say the same thing about them. I mean, the Canucks with, like, Detroit and mm-hmm. Buffalo, um, <laughs> the, like, Vegas numerous times in the last couple weeks, Dallas. So, it's a very interesting spot for them because uh, they can still do it. They can still make it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to have to string some wins together here uh, pretty soon but I did take a pick at a peek at their schedule and it seems like they're gonna get a couple weaker teams in the next couple weeks so and obviously the big thing with the Canucks is that they do play like they play Dallas again and they play Vegas three times so those games obviously are like the four point games and they're yeah. really gonna matter for for the team yeah for sure uh, they played one of their better games of the entire season against Colorado and just move the cat here. <laughs> and then um, came out and played a, a game against Minnesota where it looked like Minnesota was trying to just impose their size yeah. and weight. And, yeah. and Vancouver did an admirable job of yeah. sticking up to them. Um, I think Minnesota's going to be a deadly team to play a seven game series against. I'm super excited in general with that like central division because I feel like if it is Minnesota Nashville in the first round, that series is going to be like rough. Or, or even St. Louis, Louis too. Yeah. So, one of those two, if they if they match up against Minnesota, I think those would be fun, fun kind of underrated series to watch. But I agree. I think Minnesota is built for the playoffs this year for sure, and getting Flurry was a nice, you know, security blanket for them. But yeah, Talbot's played pretty good since they got him. It's true. Yeah. Again. And um, and going back to the Colorado game quickly to yep. like you know props to Holak for coming in there yep. and playing. He played know, very probably well. his best yeah. game of the year. He was excellent. Yeah. And then you can't really fault him I for the St. Louis game. I thought he was game. He got a couple bet like that early goal was a bad bounce. Yeah. And then he was kinda hung out to dry yeah. on the second one. Yeah. So it was just one of those games where 
you know, he's coming into form at a good time because of, like, we've talked about how many back-to-backs there are. Yeah, and I mean, also, like, for two two other reasons, right? Like, Demko, at this stage, is looking like he needs a break. <laughs> um, he He's played, he's had, like, again, that Dallas game in that third period specifically, like, he was unreal. That yeah. Scorpion save was just ridiculous, but the whole period itself was really Demko putting on a show, but in order for him to perform his best, he does have to be able to have, like, those nights off, even, again, if it's not the back-to-back. But, secondly, for Halak himself, right, like, if he wants to play next year, he's got to show that he's still got it. And I'm not saying he's playing on the Canucks next year, I'm just saying, like, playing for an NHL job yeah, next year. Yeah. And I kind of think that that clicked in his brain after the trade deadline. And so, you're, you might see his better performances from here on out kind of thing. Hopefully. Because of that, but yeah. Yeah, and I mean, uh, like, not just the fatigue of Thatcher Demko. You can kind of see it on the road trip, the yeah. fatigue. Like, best game against Colorado, yeah. heavy game against Minnesota where they held their own. Yeah. Dallas, I think they kind of got lucky that one because they certainly didn't dominate that game. No. The score was 4-1, yeah. but they got two at the end. Yeah. And um, then the St. Louis game yeah. kind of went some old habits. And I, I, I will give them props also in the Dallas game because I think Dallas did try to do the Minnesota thing to Vancouver. Like, they did try to impose their size and mm-hmm. play that heavy style game because they saw that Minnesota got some success doing that. And I think Vancouver did a good job hanging in there and getting the win again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, yeah, I agree. I think I think they're tired out. They're a tired team. And the last couple games I've really noticed with both of opponents like so like the the Dallas game I thought for the first two periods it was a pretty boring game and that both sides looked pretty tired Mm -hmm. and same with St. Louis I thought that like St. Louis got the bounces kind of early and they got that two nothing lead and it didn't feel like Vancouver ever really got back into it after that yeah but neither team looked that great to me it was kind of like you know, mm-hmm. And I wonder how much having this being the first full season in three years now is having an effect too, right? Yeah, and all the short summers too. I mean, short summers because they did have the one really big break with yeah. COVID. But yeah, it, it might be starting to catch up with them. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Again, they play Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. St. Louis again tomorrow night. Um, so we'll see how the rematch goes. Hopefully there's a bit more feeling in it um mm-hmm. yeah and, and like you say probably the biggest games of the year from here on out based on standings is vegas yeah and so um se- segue into vegas and <laughs> the, you know last time we got together we talked about the trade deadline we did some winners and losers yeah. we talked about anaheim being a winner and they picked up dadnov in a second and yeah. then the follow-up from that as most hockey lovers know by now was uh it got voided because Ottawa didn't send the paperwork in the trade with Dadnov to Vegas with 10-team no trade, and Anaheim was on it. And Vegas wasn't going to honor it because they didn't know about it. Yeah. So now there was this awkward situation where a player knows that a team has just paid a, a pretty price good price to, get rid, to get rid of you. And then he comes back, and he's been like, if not their top scorer, one of them, because he's been on fire. Well, honestly, that's why I was surprised about them trading him at the point when they did as well because he'd been playing pretty well and they didn't really have anyone else who was chipping in offensively besides like Eichel um but he's had a decent enough season in Vegas and again part of it is because a lot of the players have been hurt but it it was absolutely hilarious that he's like potting those big goals now like that game against Chicago Mm -hmm. like of course it was gonna be him 
But I will say, like, with Vegas, like, Cap Friendly had his no trade on it. Like, how did they not know? Right. And I, I think it's weird for two reasons. Because it, it passed the checks that it's meant to go through, like, when uh, the NHL, like, approves a trade. Yeah, through so Central Registry. Yeah, yeah, so they okayed it as well. And that yeah. is also kind of alarming. Um, like... I heard that, like, NHL, like, 22 or whatever, they had it re- registered as it on his list. So, like, how is it that just, like, Vegas and the Central Registry are the ones that don't know? I think that that's very interesting. Um, it did sound like I was listening to Friedman talk a bit about it. Like, maybe Vegas would explore still trading Dadnov and... Um, he wouldn't be able to play for the rest of the season, right? Mm-hmm. But they could trade him to, like, Arizona, for example. And I'm guessing Arizona would want a lot now because they'd know, again, that they already gave up. You're trying to give up a second to get rid of this guy, and now... And now he won't be able to play. Yeah. So I don't think they do it anymore, partially because of how he's played post-trade deadline. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, <laughs> what an awkward situation for the player. But also, like... For the two teams that are involved, could you pick, like, two more perfect teams to have this be messed up? Like, Ottawa and Vegas? I don't know. It was pretty funny. Mm. But. And I heard also Friedman um, talking about how the league kind of looked into, like, punishing Ottawa yeah. for their, like, n- neglect in sending it. Yeah. Um, and they're not going to. But he, he suggested that um, Vegas down the road here might file a grievance against Ottawa. Okay. Yeah. Just as for the pain it caused them or the, the pain in the ass it caused yeah. them, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of a very interesting and unique situation that cropped up there. Yeah, for sure. I've never seen anything like that one before. Nope. So No. Nope. It, was, it was something, for sure. Um, other than that, do we have... I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Drew. He's got, yeah. like, four points in a couple games with Florida since he got there. So Pretty props crazy, to him. Yeah. Um, excited to watch Florida go to the playoffs yeah uh i don't think that there's that much left i mean they were there was the gm meetings where they floated around the idea of getting rid of the ltir um <laughs> yeah loophole, but i don't like obviously any sort of um change to that is gonna involve the players and i don't see that happening now and i also think i uh, the players don't get played and paid in the playoffs right so <laughs> I, I don't know like it's a joke. I, I have more of a problem personally with them being able to trade like like Ryan Kessler's contract, who's never going to play again, yeah. than I do with the actual LTIR part of it. Like Again, this year I feel like we're maybe seeing the, the risk of LTIR specifically with Vegas because mm-hmm. they would be so much over their cap if everyone was healthy, but they you still need to get to the playoffs. Yeah. So... I don't know, like, not every team is going to be able to put their Kucherovs on LTIR and still have, like, a very good team to make it to the playoffs, and (laughs) it's not fair, but sports aren't fair. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that, like, it's been going on for a decade, right? Yeah. And they know it, but they said that it was kind of like the t-shirts that came out, the 18 mil (laughs) over the cap, that would kind of, like, put a real bad look on them. That made this kind of overreaction, yeah. but I don't think they'll do anything about uh, they it. They won't do anything about it. I, and again, if you're a GM that's complaining about it, 
like you probably just aren't smart enough to know how to use it to your advantage or you yeah. work in a small market that won't pay so it's one of the two but i heard a good example t- today just to follow up a little <laughs> bit on that is like i guess ken holland was one of the people yeah. who suggested like <laughs> you know have as many on your roster as you want in the playoffs but like your 20 man guys that go on the ice or whatever yeah. they got to be under um but it's like you know the first thing that came back was like well okay but if let's say mcdavid got hurt into the playoffs and yeah. you want to use that 12 and a half million of his to get, to get players you. to get you to yeah. the playoffs yeah exactly when and that's he comes what's there back for, right? yeah. then you're going to be punished by not playing you know playing players yeah. that you acquired to get you there yeah right. i mean i would be okay with something like if you have a player on ltir for a certain amount of time let's say six months then like if he wants to play that first playoff game or something like you can't like it's something like that right where it's like okay like because the thing with kucherov last year too right was that the, why people were so mad was because he was probably ready to come back and play before the playoffs and they just were like no we'll sit you out so if if it's something like that, and again, I don't know how you do it, except maybe with time and the specific injury, and just say, like, you know, you're going to have to miss a week or something in the playoffs if mm-hmm. you're out this long. and Maybe something like that, but... I'm sure there's a simple way that yeah. they've talked about, and, and it's too easy almost, where they could just say, playoffs 10% over, yeah, or something, because then that gives you an $8 million worth of relief for picking up a, a hurt player. player or a couple of hurt players yeah. or something but yeah smarter so people anyway. than me can figure that out <laughs> i thought it was interesting um that they were even talking about it and then the other news i guess was that eugene melnick passed away which is unfortunate for his family obviously but it's interesting for the league and for ottawa because i mean melnick did not have a good reputation as an owner um but he did keep the Sens in Ottawa in a time when it was kind of unclear if they were going to stay. And so one thing that I'm interested in with Ottawa is if eventually down the road we're going to see them move to Quebec City. Yeah, it feels like either that could happen or a new ownership gets, you know, the kids sell it. Yeah. And new ownership comes in and they make the new arena happen. Yeah. You know, which is kind of like the big stumbling block. Yeah. So anyway, it'll be something to watch in the next couple of, you know years here but For sure yeah i think that's it i think that's it okay well other than that we'll be back next time with episode number 70 uh this is laura i'm keith and this is another episode of hockey talk on the rock Woo.